3, 2, 1. Hi. Hi. And welcome to the podcast where we interview awesome makers and shine some light on the on the people and their projects. <laughs> I'm your host, Jess Tunison, and today I am here with special guest Roy Mostert. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. This is, uh, this is a bit different because now we're actually in the same room. Yeah. So I have to look at you and look at my show notes, wow. which, is, which is interesting. Um, but you are a freelance travel and adventure photographer. I am. So uh, no, uh, now I'm not so busy at the moment in this <laughs> pandemic <laughs> with no traveling at all. But uh, yeah, normally I am. And uh, that's kind of part-time job. So I also work at uh, Dreams, where, uh, where we know each other from. Yeah, the surf club, surf school, surf shop. Exactly. That thing, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, part-time and uh, part-time surf uh, teacher, uh, part-time uh, photographer. And I think it's always interesting looking at your, your stuff on, the, on Instagram and on the, on the Facebook. But how do you get into being a... a travel photographer and adventure photographer i think it's something that a lot of people want it seems very glamorous and yeah. how do you start it seems that way and well it's it's not very easy to to really make a lot of money with it so maybe that's a part of <laughs> it's a trade-off <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh well you can't really jump into it so for me it also was a long way to get there and it started with uh, just filming my friends with the GoPro on uh, winter sports and all kinds of activities. And then I thought, well, I need some better camera to make better movies, better shots. So then I bought a DSLR camera and then I invented that I can make photos with that too. <laughs> so then the photography started for me. And then, uh, yeah, that was more like a hobby. And then, uh, well, yeah, you know, uh, after school you have to uh, pick a study and that was really difficult for me. So uh, I tried to uh, do actually the same study as you finished. Okay. And after half a year, I thought, well, this is not for me just to sit here uh, every day behind the computer. And I didn't see it, uh, the future of it. So I, I quit and I started to do a course for a snowboarding teacher because I really wanted to be a, a mountain guide. And uh, my teacher of the course, uh, Renz, is now a good friend of mine. And uh, the year after we, I did the course, he asked me to uh, to come to Austria to shoot some pictures of him snowboarding in the yeah, free, free ride snowboarding. And then it really kicked off for me. So uh, we did a week of shooting and then uh, we ended up with two pictures on the cover of a magazine, of two magazines. And that, that was really the moment when I thought, well, this is what I want to do for the yeah. rest of my life. Uh, yeah. So how do you get from shooting a friend to them being on the cover of a magazine? Do they just sort of call you or do you... Yeah, I think just <clears throat> do it a lot and uh, be very passionate about it and just keep on doing it. Uh, it's pretty difficult to to uh, uh, hold on to it because yeah, it takes a lot of time to, to get somewhere. But you have to just believe in it and yeah, uh, do it because it's your passion and then yeah. doors will open for you, I think. Yo, do you like? Did they contact you when for the magazine? Um, or did you send it up to them? Or well, when, when like we how took does it actually look? What does it look like? Yeah, when we took the pictures, we uh, made a selection and then sent some of the pictures to a couple of magazines, and then two of them decided to uh, to print them, and not only in the magazine but also on the cover. Yeah. So that was a yeah, that was a big thing for me. Yeah. yeah. I think that that would be cool. Hmm? Like, how how long were you doing your photography before you? Saw your stuff being printed in magazines. Well, I actually think that was the, the first serious <laughs> thing I did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of a false start. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't shown the cover since then. Because so. okay. <laughs> <coughs> um, it seems like with most people, there's always this pivotal step or a pivotal experience like now at this point i am a professional whatever you do and it's like could be someone's first gig or whatever someone's yeah. first thing is that sort of the same with you with that photo shoot or is it still you weren't getting paid for that you want to yeah. were you getting paid i don't know but. 
Uh, yeah, you get paid a little bit f- uh, from the magazine because you're uh, yeah you're printing uh, you're selling their magazine. Yeah. So to say. Um, but the biggest thing for me was just to be recognized as a photographer. To see your work printed on the on the cover of a magazine that was really the moment that I felt well. It's real now. Yeah, it's real. It, it, yeah, it can be true. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. So it was kind of a one moment that decided <laughs> it all. Yeah. It took a long time to get there, but then it was just one moment to completely uh, grab me. And yeah. Yeah. To set it off. Yeah. To get the the ball rolling. Exactly. And and so how long ago was that? How long ago? Uh, I think that was in 2015. Yeah, so like five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. So what have you been up to since then? Have you gotten up to any other crazy adventures? Well, (laughs) uh, my camera took me to some interesting places. uh, To mention some of them, Mongolia, Nepal, uh, some some closer to home in Austria, uh, Norway, uh, Finnish Lapland, yeah, Slovenia, yeah, all kinds of places. Some far away, some uh, close <laughs> to home, but <laughs> yeah. And Mount Everest. Mount Everest, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to the top, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to photo- yeah. <laughs> photograph the top. Yeah, yeah. The I got the opportunity to join a, a mountain guide, uh, a Dutch a Dutch guide uh, who organizes trips to uh, the base camp of Mount Everest, and he. Uh, he saw my work on Instagram and he just asked me, do you want to join the trip and shoot some pictures, just do your own thing. And yeah, if I can get some pictures of you in the end of the trip, then uh, that would be great. So that's actually, yeah, it's kind of a kind of the dream job because there was no really, no real, um, uh, I'd say no, yeah. No no, art direction. Yeah, exactly. Do whatever you do. Yeah. So I got completely uh, the complete freedom to do what I, what I like yeah. to do, and yeah, that was the dream job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I I really never thought of going to Mount Everest, so uh, it was pretty cool that it just landed on my path and just went with it. And yeah, I think I think it's one of the most coolest things trips I've done so far. So yeah. So so what are the challenges of of shooting? In Mount Everest or any other? Um, most challenging thing in the area of Mount Everest for me was that it's pretty big. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So normally when you're walking in a, in a park, so to say, on every corner there there's something else. You can shoot a different scene or a different perspective. And because the landscape and the mountains in Nepal are so big, you're walking for a day and you're seeing the same stuff kind of yeah the whole day so it's difficult to <clears throat> to shoot different things in one day because it's so big and it takes a lot of time to uh, before you get to another place so that was a big uh, issue and also there's very harsh light I don't know why but <laughs> yeah so the Sun was was always out there when we uh, were there it's pretty nice for walking but yeah. for for me it was pretty difficult because the light was really strong uh, so you got a lot of shades and uh, highlights in the in the shot, and that's not always easy to work with. Uh, but it can also be cool when you, uh, yeah, when you use it to it to your advantage. Uh, yeah, those are some challenging things, and maybe the cold, could be <laughs> maybe the and cold. the height, <laughs> the altitude, maybe too. Uh, I almost forgot. <laughs> yeah, I had I really had to get used to the. Well, I, I had to get used to the food more than the altitude. I have to say. Okay. So the higher I got, the the better I felt actually, because of the food. Uh, in the beginning, I had to really get to had to get used to the curries and stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And does it take a toll on your on your cameras? I can imagine the cold's not really great for your batteries, or is it all not too? Well, the the cameras are really really good uh, nowadays. So okay. only the batteries, yeah, they're a little bit a thing, but. Uh, the cold doesn't really matter to the to the camera at all. Yeah. Uh, once in uh, in Mongolia, actually, I was shooting a, a time lapse in the night, and in Mongolia it was minus thirty degrees Celsius. Yeah. Or maybe even colder, and then uh, I left my camera out, outside for maybe four hours, and I took it in, inside, and 
it was completely frozen. The, bo the whole body <laughs> was frozen in the outside. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but it still worked. No okay. problem at all. It saved the, the footage. It was still shooting. Okay. No problem at all. Yeah, it's really uh, really crazy. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's technology and all, but yeah, no. But and on the on the websites they always say uh, the camera should work between zero degrees and forty degrees yeah. above Celsius. They never mention anything <laughs> below <laughs> below zero because they <clears throat> yeah I think they don't want to burn their fingers on that. But the cameras are totally capable. I don't think there's very many people that shoot in below zero temperatures unless you're like know. ski vacation snowboarding yeah yeah i don't know i think uh, adventure uh, travel uh, <laughs> photographers do but <laughs> are there cameras out there that are like aimed at i mean but besides gopro aimed at the adventure or the yeah i think that uh there's a there's a really interesting uh technology right now of a shift going on right now where they're more um uh so in the beginning, there were more mirrorless, mirror cameras, yeah. so with uh, with moving uh, parts, and now a lot of brands are more into the mirrorless cameras. Yeah. So they're smaller. They're less. Um, uh, well, yeah. There's less moving parts, so there can be uh, less things going <laughs> <laughs> destroyed or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think there's a like the brand I shoot, Olympus, is is really yeah. really nice for adventure uh, photography. Because it's really small, uh, a lot of lenses and bodies will fit in your backpack, and yeah, I don't know. Do you think like mobile phones and GoPro sort of influencing that movement of having these mirrorless cameras, or mm, I don't really know. It's just yeah. the evolution you're sort of going to, or I think yeah, I, th I don't think they are connected to each other. Honestly, no. I'm not sure, but. No, because when I was looking for my camera, I went with a mirrorless one. Yeah. Because I didn't see the point of looking through a, whatever the... the a viewfinder. A viewfinder if you have a screen on your phone anyway, or on your camera anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and the thing also is when you're looking on a screen on the camera, you, you, you'll see what you're shooting. Yeah. And where you're looking to the viewfinder, you're, you're not seeing the exposure you're shooting, actually. So, no. Uh, it's good to learn how to do that because you're learning what settings will work and what will yeah. won't work. But I think the the mirrorless cameras are really the new thing. Yeah, they're around for a lot of years already. I think or for five or six years already. But I think longer. Even. Yeah, maybe even longer. But I think now there's really a change going on. Yeah, yeah. I think it also has to do with the shift of people being like, okay, this is still a actual camera. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's. Something that you see a lot with photographers, like this is a real camera, this mm. isn't a real camera. Yeah, yeah. So is that something you get with your peers? Do you have other photographer friends that are like talking about this? What kind of gear you <laughs> have, or is that not really a, a thing? little bit? But I, I actually don't have a lot of people surrounding me doing what I do. Uh, I know some of them, but they're not really living in uh, close by. Uh, <laughs> So I actually would love to meet some more people <laughs> to to talk about stuff like this and and to go shooting together because yeah I really miss that I really do yeah so uh, yeah not a lot <laughs> no they're all out on adventures yeah yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe and and something you mentioned um, was that you got one of your your clients through Instagram is that a big platform for like a recruitment platform or is it more just an exposure platform or how does that yeah. side of technology influence? Yeah, it has really big influence in, in both both ways, like good and bad, because let's start with bad influence <laughs> on my, in my uh, opinion. Uh, when I'm looking at Instagram, I'm scrolling to all the epic pictures I see every day. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like a slap in your face, like what are you doing right now? You're sitting on your couch and... <laughs> You know what I mean? So in one way it could be inspiring, but in the other way it's like a slap in the face. Like oh, you're missing out. Yeah, you're missing out. You should be out there and doing stuff. And 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 also there's so many great shots on Instagram. So you're feeling a little bit less uh, meaningful as yeah. a photographer because there's so many talents on Instagram. Um, so you start to think, well, am I good enough? Or 
should I be doing this? Or, yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a bad part of Instagram, I think. And the good thing about Instagram is to to be able to connect to people. Yeah. Uh, like the like uh, uh, the assignment I did for Nomad, the Dutch outdoor brand. It also started with Instagram because we were planning this uh, uh, expedition to Mongolia. And I just messaged him like I need a, a good sleeping bag for the cold temperatures. Yeah. And then they went on my Instagram and looked what I was doing. And they said, well, if you can take some pictures of it, oh, yeah. you can have it for free. And that's one. Yeah, that's a nice thing to do sometimes just to shoot some pictures and get gear in return. Yeah. And then after I turned, I, uh, I added the photos and sent them to them. And then they were so happy about it that they... <laughs> They, they phoned me two weeks later asking me to uh, do the shoot for the, uh, I think it was 2019 product uh, catalogus. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I said, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to, I got to, got to pick uh, four friends to uh, go with me on the trip to uh, Slovenia. Were four friends or four models? Well, <laughs> in this case, it was the same. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we we spent a week in Slovenia shooting pictures for for Nomad, and it all started with Instagram, just to uh, with a, with a question about sleep. Yeah, just reaching out and then. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of things start with with contact uh, on Instagram nowadays, so it can be a really uh, nice thing, nice thing too. Yeah, but uh, I think the the scrolling on your phone and does, uh, that's that's the bad part about it. I think. Yeah, I think there's a certain image problem where there's a lot of people that think they have to meet a certain criteria post mm -hmm. a certain amount and yeah. i see a lot of people doing like posting stuff and they'll be on vacation like, okay cool you've been on vacation and they'll just keep rehashing those same pictures until they go on their next vacation and sort of also keeping up with experience of yeah. expectations kind of thing yeah. yeah but on the other hand I do follow some some really nice. I follow the abandoned houses Instagrams. I like those abandoned houses. Yeah. I think they will <laughs> tell a story, but I yeah. think once you sort of get into people's personal accounts, it sometimes it feels a bit, I don't know, fake. Not yeah, yeah fake or like they're trying too hard to represent themselves in a certain way. Yeah, it's not easy because as a photographer, you want to to grow your platform, right? Like, uh, the, the more people f who follow yeah. you, the better chance you get more assignments and yeah. stuff. And the only way to grow uh, a platform is to post every day. Yeah. Uh, but there's not a, there's not a picture for every day to <laughs> post, especially when you're sitting at home uh, in, Holland. <laughs> in Holland in the pandemic. So then you have to decide: do I post all pictures every yeah. day and tell a story? And it, it can be nice, uh, but I, I I know what yeah I see what you mean about it's a little bit of fake. Fake, yeah. it's a fake world kind of yeah yeah and it's like now this is a what is it like rehash or what do you call it remember or throwback and it's like yeah, uh, cool but i don't know it yeah. does feel a bit disingenuous yeah i know yeah and i think so how do you how do you view um original content versus what the what the market wants if that makes sense mm. like you see a lot of these same kind of photos and yeah. i think instagram is definitely a platform where the it sort of i don't know has a certain type of feel look yeah. and feel to it and if you do that then you get more recognition but you don't stand yeah. out like how do you see that balance well i think there's a there's a um there's a split going on between influencers yeah and really a real photographers not, okay not to not to say that influencers are aren't good <laughs> photographers but they do it for different reasons. Yeah. And I think uh, I think Instagram is more like a influencer platform nowadays. And influencers shoot in a way that that's people uh, expect on Instagram, right? Yeah. Uh, and as a photographer, actually, you don't want to shoot the same things because you want to be original. Yeah. So I think there's a big split between influencers and really, yeah, real photographers. So. <laughs> Yeah. Original photographer yeah. and influencing photographer. Yeah. It feels a bit like um, if you make music, 
Like, do you make pop music or do you make smooth jazz? Yeah, yeah. It's like still both of them music. It's yeah. Just they cater to different audiences. Exactly. On different platforms. Yeah, I don't want to say that one thing is bad and the other is good, but there's just a difference between, uh, yeah. I do think influencers get a, a bad reputation or they have a bad reputation. Like, a yeah. lot of people, um, if you're influencers, like, oh yeah, you're one of those people. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> No, because um, sometimes when you want to do an assignment for a client and you have something in mind uh, and they just say, well, we we also, we also already have this influencer who's shooting these yeah. shots for us. And I'm like, what what does he get out of it? Well, he gets to spend the night in the hotel for free. Yeah. And I'm like, well, but that's not a, that's not really good for the business, right? <laughs> <laughs> because then I'm, I'm out of a job when people do it for free and do it for... It's not a bad thing, but there's there's just too many. It's a competitive market. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's really difficult, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh. Well, yeah. I think that, I think the thing that's also the case is a lot of people find it hard to distinguish the difference between a good photo and something that they find good. Mm-hmm. And a photo that actually sells and a photo that people find aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And I think a lot of influencers sort of play on that and they can make photos that look reasonably okay. Yeah. But once you actually post it somewhere or something, it may not actually work. But I'm not sure. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think influencers are really focusing on, on, on platforms like Instagram and stuff. But when you're shooting for a magazine or for yeah. a product <clears throat> catalogus or something like that, it's totally different. Yeah. Uh, so there's a difference between uh, the yeah. two traits, so to say. Yeah. I, I find it interesting because on, on one hand, I'm, I'm, I might be seen as an influencer. I have a very, uh, very popular podcast. Yeah, that's uh, true. Very popular opinions. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and for me, it's the same because with a tiny house, I'm yeah. also a kind of an influencer. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's just... It's Do you just think that there's a lot of ethics that go paired with being an influencer? It should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always there, but it sh- there should be. <laughs> Do you think people should be, I don't know, lose, lose people's opinions if you do stuff that's ethically not correct if you are an influencer? Well, let's go into your tiny house. So you have yeah. a tiny house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's say you drive around in a big Dodge Ram. Mm-hmm. Should people be like, oh no, he's not a real tiny house. Should he didn't lose influencer points? Or Yeah. Oh, that's actually, uh, <laughs> actually a really interesting subject you're, uh, you're going to know. Yeah. Well, the thing is when you're putting yourself out there, you uh, people are watching you. That's what you want. Yeah, you have a role model. Yeah. That's in the first place, that's what you wanted. But, when you're saying stuff like I try to be as minimalistic as possible yeah and then you buy a new surfboard and a new bike yeah uh, and then people will obviously say well I thought you were a minimalistic guy what, what <laughs> yeah. are you doing you're buying a new surfboard and you're buying so it's always a that's always a tricky part when you're putting yourself out there and yeah trying to influence people people will always look at you with a magnifying glass yeah and I try to Kick you down a notch yeah, so they get themselves up. Maybe, yeah. Like I heard you were a sustainable tiny house guy, but I heard you're flying to uh, yeah, exactly. to Mount well, Everest. I have to say that's a, that's a that's a difficult thing for me too. Uh, but then I then I thought uh, for myself why why am I so interested in climate change and yeah. why do I want to protect the nature and stuff? And it is because I'm traveling a lot because I'm seeing those places and. I see how they're changing, and I think when when I would sit only in in my room uh, and not going outside, not seeing all these places, I, I wouldn't matter at all. Because yeah. I don't know, you don't, you're not so conscious about the about the world when you're not traveling that much. I think so. It, it's also a little bit of a hand in hand situation when you're. Oh, you can only care about nature if you travel, Ex- or you care more about nature if you. Kinda, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because I'm traveling a lot. I'm seeing those places, and I. I want to keep them yeah. as they are, uh, that I'm trying to do my best to yeah. minimize my uh, footprint. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you see that a lot with a lot of uh, people's hobbies. Like, 
I know a lot of surfers are for uh, a clean ocean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then a lot of people that like go mountain biking are like, no, I'm against deforesting. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it works. <laughs> when you spend a lot of time in some part of nature, you want to protect it. Yeah. yeah. And when you don't give a damn about uh, nature and you're <laughs> just spending time uh, inside, yeah, then uh, I, th- I don't think you, uh, you'll be... Uh, Enthusiast for climate change uh, things. <laughs> How do you say it? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. <clears throat> so for your next adventures, what do you have anything planned? Do you have anything on your bucket list? A lot of things on my bucket list. Uh, but one thing I really want to do is uh, to uh, go to Austria by bike and take my split board with me. So that's the snowboard you cut in half <laughs> and you put uh, beneath your feet and you can walk up the mountain okay so the goal is to to climb some mountains really uh, without any help from vehicles or it's a super sustainable exactly 100 uh, percent my powered by myself yeah um just to uh, yeah so by bicycle ride to austria to climb some mountains and snowboard how, how long does it take to, dr- to bicycle to austria well for i you? think when you're I think it shouldn't take too too many days. I think maybe three or four days to get there. Oh, it's not too bad. No, no it's not too bad. It depends how many how th- fast. It's you a bike uh, yeah, it's a thousand kilometers to Austria. Okay. So let's say five days. <laughs> two hundred days a day. Days a day. It should be manageable. Okay. I think. I don't know. I'm not a very but, fast cyclist. Yeah. Well, but. I won't do it so fast because I, I really want to shoot some footage along the way, okay. take some pictures, meet some people. Do you have a little trailer, a backpack, or uh, you should have a little trailer? M- yeah, maybe I could take my house with me. <laughs> <laughs> your no, tandem, I, take your, your house. tandem, yeah. Oh, that should be cool. Uh, interesting <laughs> idea. A tandem, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Do you want to come <laughs> with me? <laughs> Okay, but then you're gonna you go go there, climb the mountain, snowboard down, and then bike back. Yeah, practically that's it. Shoot some photos along the way. Yeah, well, the idea is to to meet people along the way. Okay. And and maybe spend some time with them, walk up a mountain with them, and then ask uh, about some changes they see in the area they live. So also a little bit focused on climate. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of the idea, but. I don't know when it's and, going and to happen. Why are you do is this just for yourself or are you gonna Yeah, it's 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 for myself, so I really want to do it. Yeah. Uh, but then I also have a chance to influence a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe connect with a brand who finds it interesting to maybe spend some money on it or Yeah. Because yeah. I think this would be a really interesting story to Yeah, exactly. So I to yeah. get out there. You should do something with it. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. I really want to. So I have to write a pitch and uh, have to uh, yeah I have to write the story first and then yeah yeah maybe yeah, some brand will uh, pick it up and yeah I mean there's probably a lot of brands out there that like yeah this stuff and yeah Patagonia picture organic yeah 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 for sure and you can make a little little movie out of it put yeah. it on the uh, on the YouTube's yeah and then maybe a film festival or yeah, stuff something yeah something like that that would be uh, be cool. Yeah, that's the plan. But first we have to uh, wait for this pandemic to uh, end, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> the pandemic is a bit of a... It's pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is if you're a travel photographer. <laughs> I know, yeah. When you asked me for this podcast and, and it's all about inspiration, I was really afraid of the question, where do you find your inspiration? <laughs> but actually, I, I, I was thinking a lot about it because because of this pandemic. Uh, I was like, where where do I find my inspiration? Yeah. And I think because I'm now now I'm sitting at home a lot of uh, yeah a lot of the time I spend. Uh, I think I found out where I find my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's in experiencing experiencing new things and seeing new places, yeah. meeting new people, and yeah, I think uh, this pandemic is isn't really good for my inspiration it's, right now. <laughs> It's new. It's a new experience. Yeah, that's a new experience. But well, now it's almost a year, so now it's not <laughs> new anymore. Yeah, that's actually interesting. You say that with the, with the new experiences, because something um, 
someone else touched upon in the, I think it was a previous podcast, but it's about when you go on vacation, you sort of get this new experience. So yeah. like I've been to, to um, Portugal and that was the first time I went to Portugal. I was like, that's so cool. And now my girlfriend's like, we should go to Portugal again. It was really fun. It's like, yeah, yeah. but is it like chasing that, that new, that wave of new experiences or is Portugal just a fun place? Like, how do you <laughs> see that? Do you, do you go back to the same places and sort of miss um, that magic or? I do get back to same places, but that's mostly because I know people there Yeah. or I know the surface good out there. Okay. So mainly practical reasons. <laughs> but I think for me, it's about the new experiences. So it doesn't really matter right where I go. As long as it's not the same place. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I but like, if you go back to the same place, do you recapture the magic, or is there definitely a magic to being somewhere for the first time? I think there's definitely a magic in being somewhere for the first time, for me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not a not a bad thing to return to places, but I think there's just too many places to to visit in the <laughs> world. <laughs> so and there's not a limited uh, time. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you have a bucket list of like, kinda, yeah, places to go? Yeah, right now there's Greenland. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, I really like the Scandinavian countries. So, I've already been to Norway and uh, the Faroe Islands. Okay. And the the plan is to build a camper van this this winter, uh, and then to. Uh, you build a boat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Naming all these islands, I yeah. can build a camper van. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. No, but the plan is to, to, to uh, get this camper van and then to uh, tour around the Scandinavian countries, so to the uh, coast of Norway okay, and yeah. then to the north of Lapland and then go back through <laughs> Finland and Sweden. And yeah, I think that, that's a trip full of new experiences. And yeah, when you're traveling by, by a camper van, I think. You're traveling kind of slow, so you're yeah. not skipping parts like when you're traveling with the plane. Yeah. I think that's a really nice uh, way of traveling too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think like road tripping is one of the nicest things. Yeah. And like, oh, it's so far. And it's like drive down to wherever Portugal. Yeah. It's like, it's a two day drive. No, it's beautiful. The drive is part of the vacation. Yeah, exactly. It should be. Yeah. And it's the same as in, in Paris, and it was like, uh, we're going to go from the Notre Dame to the Eiffel Tower. It's like, I'm going to take the metro. It's like, no, I'm going to walk. Yeah, yeah. I want to see all this stuff. I don't yeah. want to go under the ground and teleport to where I have to be and then yeah. see that thing. It's like, no, the, the way there is part of the adventure. Yeah, I prefer a good road trip too. But I have to say, this the beginning of this year, was re- I had a really crazy project with a Belgian photographer. Okay. Um, it was just before the pandemic, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> But then we had to travel to eight, no, seven countries in 12 days. So we started in Austria, then to, we flew to Spain, then to England, Norway, uh, Finland, and I don't know anymore. But it was just so many things happening at the same yeah. time. So we were in a different country every third day. Yeah. And Why? Why so crazy? Well, the, the the story was that a photographer got this new camera from yeah. Olympus. He's an Olympus visionary, okay. ambassador. And every time he took a, f- a photo, he pressed the shutter, he would teleport to another place. Ah, okay. So that was the story. So we had to shoot this, all of these things in different environments, like a, a mountaintop, yeah. a snowstorm, a desert. <laughs> uh, so we had to visit all, all of these places in, in a short amount of time yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I why, don't know. Why, but why in a short amount of time? I mean, I get the time frame, but if you shoot that over a year, no one will know. Yeah, I know, but then it would be just too expensive, I think. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. yeah well, if, and if, and, uh, and yeah. they had a deadline because they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're releasing this new camera. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was a really cool project, but then I was thinking, well, this is really bad for my influencer points. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, because all of those places are in a reach with a car, right? They are on Europe. All by bike. Yeah, all by <laughs> bike. Just a few days biking. <laughs> yeah, you, you actually, can, you could do that project, but then just by bike. Yeah. So yeah, so that would yeah. tell a different story, but I mean, it and, would be cool. And maybe uh, take uh, three years time for it, but 
yeah. but uh, but in the end that would be more of a thrilling experience than uh, than traveling to all of these places in just uh, 10 days or 12 days well it feels a lot like the um oh no, no this is oh, what do they call it the tiki tours no the uh there's a tour bus that goes through through europe uh i don't know oh, no, there's a there's a so f friends of mine came here from New Zealand and they were going to see all of Europe in, I think, crazy, like two two weeks. And it was like every day they'd be in a different country. Yeah. So they sleep on the bus. You wake up. Okay, you're at the Eiffel Tower. Take yeah. five photos. Then you sleep again and then you wake up and you're at whatever in Madrid somewhere. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like... Oh, that's so crazy. And you don't actually get to see any of Europe. You only yeah. get to have these photo moments which yeah. i guess a lot of people want but oh wow I, I got the same thing what you're telling right now but then uh, with mount everest yeah because when we did the hike to mount everest it took us nine days to get to base camp yeah so you were walking every day for a couple of hours yeah. and then you experience all the things along the way you experience the the altitude sickness and stuff <laughs> but then we we uh, arrived at base camp and yeah. then every i think 10 or 15 minutes, a helicopter flew in, dropped some people, they took some pictures, and then they, they got into on. the helicopter again <sighs> and flew down. So the trip that took us <laughs> nine days, to, they just did in 10 minutes maybe. Yeah. Uh, and they just took some shots and yeah, just, just to, just to I, think, I think people maybe do it just to be able to tell people, I've I, been there, I've this been is there the and this is the picture. Yeah. But they're missing out on the whole experience, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, how much do you think a photo um, is a memory? Like, are photographs memories? Like, if when you look at your Instagram page, like, yeah. I remember climbing up that hill and making the photo and waiting for the sun to go down. Or Yeah, for me, they are. I, I, I think from every picture I took, I, I know the story still. I know yeah. what's happening before and after. So for me, there are definitely memories. And also when I'm thinking back of uh, uh, yeah, travel or trips or uh, expeditions, I always see these pictures I took and then I know the story behind it. So for me, they're definitely memories. But I think it's all, also a, a thing to be careful with because I know when I, uh, a long time back, I was visiting a lot of uh, concerts, music yeah. uh, shows. And I always took my camera at me and I was all, uh, all the time I was shooting pictures yeah. of the show and then in the end I was like was I was I there <laughs> I, I only have these pictures but did I really listen to the music did I really experience it so you have also uh, have to be careful uh, to not only take pictures but also experience the thing in real yeah. time not looking to your lens so that's the thing I learned over time so now I try to only uh, get my camera in the moments I, yeah, it, I really like it. And for the rest of it, I put it in my backpack and just enjoy it myself. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to... Uh, Find that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah. thing I agree, I think... Like, I have that with surfing. I don't have any photos of me surfing. I have like <laughs> one photo of me surfing. Because anytime I go surfing, everyone's in the sea. Yeah. Everyone's surfing. Yeah. And then it's like, it's a shame that I don't have any photos of me surfing, but on the other hand, yeah, I did surf, so. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same for me. When I get back from a, from a trip, let's say from Mongolia, yeah. uh, my father always asks, and where are the pictures of you? Yeah. Where are you in the picture? Did, did, you, did, you, did you go there? <laughs> because I'm taking all the pictures, yeah. but I don't really mind that I'm not on the pictures. No. Because... I have the memories and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm more proud of the pictures I took than... Yeah, I think maybe that's also something like be getting older maybe. Like when you're yeah. younger, you want to maybe show off more, your ego's yeah. a little bit bigger and you're like, oh, look at me, I, <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw there and I saw these people and I was yeah. at this concert. Yeah, maybe. And as you get older, you're more like, no, I was here. I know I was here and I made this photo and yeah, exactly. I don't need to be in it. and Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I don't know, maybe all your Instagram followers are like, oh, where's that good-looking guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe I should uh, experience, uh, of, or maybe should uh, try to only post pictures of myself yeah. on Instagram. Maybe uh, that in, in your bathroom with, yeah. with uh, your hand sticking out. And maybe that would <laughs> do the, the, the trick uh, to get more assignments. Maybe get a really good mirrorless lens, one where you can call people with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so I'm <laughs> talking about that. How do you think mobile phones have have changed the the how people look at photos. Like you were saying, you land on Mount Everest, you stick out your arm with with your yeah. iPhone, you <laughs> yeah. take a couple of pictures, chuck them on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, the, the phone definitely changed a lot in, uh, in the world of uh, photography. Uh, I think because a lot of um, businesses are also advertising on Instagram and stuff, yeah. on Facebook, and you're holding your phone straight up, right? Yeah. So now you see a lot of pictures in in uh, portrait mode. A lot of ads as well in portrait yeah. mode, like yeah. So that's definitely changing. I'm shooting a lot of more more portraits than oh. landscape, uh, like the yeah, the yeah. direction of the yeah, photo. Yeah. Not in uh, not that I shoot pictures uh, pictures of people a lot, but more the direction of the the photo because it's it's better on the screen on your phone. Yeah. So I think that's a big influence on uh, how people shoot their pictures nowadays. Yeah, for the rest, I don't know <laughs> if the phone really changes a lot. I think more people are taking pictures because they are also uh, always have uh, the camera in their pockets. Yeah, but does uh, it become more competitive because it's easier to take pictures or? I don't know. I think there's still a, a very big difference between a picture uh, from a phone. The quality difference. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. Because you can't really change your yeah you can change your lens but it's not the same thing no, as uh, it's not the same. no and that's the biggest difference I think between a camera and a phone is uh, to be able to change the perspective with a lens yeah so yeah luckily there's a <coughs> big difference still <laughs> I think there's there was like closing the gap with the new iPhone you've got like a I mean, yeah. a two zoom in there and yeah. a wide angle and yeah it's like mm. They're definitely trying, yeah. yeah. This is slowly getting better, maybe than my. I mean, with my camera, I only have one lens. Yeah, but then on the other side, when you see how expensive the iPhone is, how how much does does it cost? The it's newest like 12, one, twelve, twelve hundred or something. Yeah, euros? exactly. And a, and a, a normal camera is only five hundred bucks. Exactly, and yeah, also with a lens, so it's cheaper than a phone. Yeah, that's true. And you still shoot a better quality photo. Yeah. Of course, you have ex more expensive <laughs> bodies, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. You can't call people with that. Uh, when you want to take pictures, it's always better to buy a camera. I would yeah, say. but yeah, I'm I'm sort of in between those two because I also know like okay, I'm just doing my thing whenever I'm traveling. I always have my phone in my pocket, and I don't always feel like it's just easier to grab your phone and click yeah. twice than it is to grab your thing out of your camera out of your bag. Yeah. Unclick the lens thing, turn it on, find a viewfinder. It's like, I mean, it's not even that difficult, but it is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the quality difference isn't super big. I mean, the things I'm shooting, which is... Yeah, but, but then it's fine. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're okay with it and it's just for the memories, well, yeah. yeah. If, uh, if there's no client uh, with the demands and, and stuff, <laughs> then it's no problem to shoot photos with your phone. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of my if I ever have to do another video clip or anything, maybe as a challenge, just do it all could, on my phone. Like be, that yeah. would be fun. And yeah. Just see, like, what do you run into? And, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it could be a fun challenge to only shoot the the clip with your phone. I think there are some video clips out of yeah music video clips that are only been done on phones. Yeah. I think there's actually a whole movie. Shot on iPhone. Shot on an iPhone Whoa. with a minimum budget. And I think the interesting thing that the guy was saying was with an iPhone, you can get into um, certain areas in the, in the scene. Like if you have yeah. a bulky camera, you can't go around a table leg yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and they were true. shooting all these shots in these really weird angles because yeah. they had the freedom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool about the phones, but also about the GoPro cameras, for yeah. instance. That's the, that's the biggest advantage of those kind of cameras, I think. Yeah. You can put them in places a normal camera. Which won't even or, fit. Yeah. Or st I think 
a lot of people are scared with cameras because cameras are expensive, but people yeah. aren't, don't seem to be scared destroying a GoPro. No, it's practically <laughs> indestructible, so... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean... Yeah, yeah, true. You still have to be careful. Yeah. Like, you can duct tape it to your car, but you wouldn't duct tape your camera to a car. Yeah, I would, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I have to say, the camera I now own is really, is really strong. Also, okay. with the weather influence and stuff... You can leave it out in the rain, no problem at all. Yeah, it's it's really really <clears throat> strange. They tested it with uh, a few, uh, a couple of jet streams with uh, okay, water yeah. on it. It's when you oh, see wow. it, you're like, what? Are you, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> People were washing their cameras under the, in the sink. Oh with, really? Uh, yeah. So this is some kind of like underwater. What camera do you have? Uh oh, okay. It's the Olympus OMD <laughs> One Mark III. Okay. Yeah. And it's, is it like some indestructible? Yeah, it's camera? yeah. It's is it like differently aimed for adventure? Yeah, people? I would okay. say yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a small body. It's really strong. Uh, yeah, it's really nice for uh, for traveling. For uh, yeah, if you're not into uh, uh, shooting pictures for for big walls like a uh, uh, thousand megapixels, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, it's it's definitely for traveling. For me, it's it's a perfect uh, tool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm just gonna see what else we have on the list here. Um, I think your tiny house is fun, mm. and I want to know like how did you get into tiny house? Because I think <laughs> the tiny house movement has been around. I mean, it's sort of has, would it have peaked maybe ten years ago? There was like um, some internet boom with yeah, there was, like a documentary and yeah. I think it started in America, and yeah. then it was big for a long time in America already before it came to the Netherlands. And I think when we started five years ago, nobody in the Netherlands knew about tiny houses. Everyone in Holland lives in a tiny house. <laughs> yeah, from America's <laughs> perspective, maybe. No, but <laughs> I think I think it's still quite new. Uh, but it's not no longer a trend. It's more. I think people know thing. about it, and it's it's part of the. It's just there. Yeah, I think so. But five years ago, nobody knew about okay. it. Okay. We had to explain to everyone what we we're doing. Yeah. So everyone was like, uh, are you going to live in a caravan or in a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you were sort of living in a caravan. How do you mean? <laughs> tiny house is like a caravan. Yeah. <laughs> <Isn't> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the same, Jason. <laughs> so what's the difference? Well, in a caravan, you have a holiday, you have a vacation. <laughs> and in a tiny house, you live permanently. Yeah. So it's that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, but if you put like a caravan on a piece of land and you live in there... Well, I lived in a caravan for three months, and in the winter in the mountains, it was pretty fun. But after three months, where I was like, "Well, I I really definitely need more space around me to put my stuff to work." To <laughs> I need more space, but only a tiny a, bit more. A tiny space. bit more space. <laughs> no, but maybe maybe uh, our tiny house is more practically practically uh, designed. Yeah. So the spaces are more efficient, efficiently used, and so that's a big difference. And it feels like a home. Have yeah. you? You've yeah, been I've there. Been in yeah, I've been in your one. that open day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't look like a caravan, right? It doesn't look like a caravan. And I think for me, the biggest difference is the height. You can stand up. Like you're a tall guy. I'm a tall guy. It's it's four meters high. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty high. Whereas a caravan, you're always sort of half. Yeah. With your neck. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a struggle of living in a caravan. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as a Dutch guy. Yeah. Are caravans less... Um, what is it? They have less ventilation than tiny houses. I feel like tiny houses are a little bit easier to live in. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because they're... I think a tiny house is just like a normal house, but more practically designed. So everything fits in a smaller area. Yeah. So I've got a shower. I've got the normal... Uh, so how, how many square meters is your tiny house? Uh, around 20, 20 square meters. 20. Yeah. It's actually quite big. Yeah, it's maybe it's 18. Still. <laughs> it depends what you're counting as a living area. but Because we have also loft where we're sleeping. Oh, that sort of doubles your... Does that double your... Yeah, because it's it's 7 meters and 20 centimeters long. And okay. it's 2 meters 50 wide. Okay. But then there's a loft where we sleep. But that's not high enough to stand. So do you count it as a no, living area? No, I wouldn't count that. Yeah. I'd do seven times. Was it two and a half? Yeah, exactly. So that gives you around. 
14-ish and a bit. Yeah, but a little bit more, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's pretty small. Yeah. But still... But when you walk in, it, it won't yeah. feel, feel small. Because I used to live at 30 square meters. Yeah. And I used to have parties, and I'd invite like 50 people over. Yeah. And it was well, okay. Well, those are the days, right? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be packed, but it would still... It didn't feel small. No. And it was very efficiently... Like tidied away and it had all the things and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't need more space than I have now. No, so I'm I'm totally used to it. So when I step in into my house, I I won't think, well, I live in a tiny house. How incredible! It's just <laughs> normal for me right now. I'm living in there for four years now. Yeah, and it's totally normal. Yeah, yeah. With a dog. With a dog also and, uh, and my girlfriend. And your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. There are, there are people with uh, children living in tiny houses oh, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I would not like that. No, me neither. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, there's another reason for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, it's really nice to live in a tiny house. I'm really, uh, really glad I, we chose to live uh, that way. Yeah. I think it's a, a good way to, I think it has its benefits. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want to live bigger and... I think like the way that you live, because you're an outdoors kind of a person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be honest, all you really need is a is a kitchen, a bed, and a shower. Yeah. And maybe That's a it. place to work if you do some yeah. work stuff. But yeah. other than that, you don't really need much. You and don't I think need much, no. You slowly accumulate a lot of stuff you don't really need yeah. over time. Yeah. And I think having a tiny house forces you to live more in the moment. Exactly, yeah. It forces you to uh, to be conscious about the stuff you own, yeah, uh, and also uh, about the stuff you uh, you need. <laughs> yeah, uh, and everything is smaller, so also your footprints become smaller. Yeah, that's also a nice advantage. And for me, the for us, the biggest thing was that it's also more affordable than a normal house. Yeah, and that gives us more financial freedom. Yeah. So, uh, me and my girlfriend, we both have don't have full time jobs. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a mortgage too, so <laughs> you don't need a full time job. Exactly. Well, I, I was I was a speaker once in a, uh, in a tiny house meeting kind of thing, <clears throat> and uh, I didn't prepare it because I was like a second. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, someone got sick and I had okay, to. Okay. Yeah, you runner up. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I didn't prepare at all, and then I just said well we just have too many passions and hobbies so yeah. we don't have time for a full-time job so i turned it around <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh that's a cool thing to say <laughs> i don't have time for a full-time job but i think it's true because yeah yeah i like to go surfing i like to to build this uh photography business i yeah. i'm building uh and it wouldn't be possible if i had to work full-time yeah so yeah so full-time job jobs are holding you back. In a way, they do. Yeah, and, and, and also is a way to free free yourself from. Yeah, exactly. And also, a really interesting thing about uh, to think about is, uh, I, I don't know the precise numbers anymore, but I think uh, the average was that people are working working two to three days per week just to pay to be able to pay their homes. Yeah. So that means you're going out of your home to work somewhere not now yeah not now <laughs> now it's paying don't off don't go out of your home right now people but normally you go out to to work somewhere yeah and then for two or three, three days only to pay your home when you're not there when you're not there yeah it's kind of weird it is a bit weird because i think a lot of people it's quite easy just how much of your wage is going to your mortgage and yeah. if it's more than 50 percent then you're leaving your house more than exactly two days a week to pay for something you're not we're not spending time yeah well in, in asia i've heard of something they call it hot bunking which they used to do in submarines as well where you rent a bed from someone just to sleep in and you can get three people <laughs> you can maximize the efficiency of the bed so you get wow. three people to sleep in it in a 24 cycle day and if I mean, they're, they're sort of tiny. They're tiny bidding. And yeah. the rest of the time, they're just out on the streets and, and wherever, yeah. in Japan. And 
Yeah, they don't need a house. They just need a place to sleep. Yeah, exactly. There's nice. a lot also in Asian cultures. I think that it's pretty normal to to don't have a kitchen in your home because you're always you're spending out. time outside to eat. Yeah, like on the streets. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, I know in, in New York, almost no one cooks because the food is so relatively cheap. Yeah, compared to groceries and stuff. And it's like yeah. just the way prices are sort of changing how you live is yeah. so a bit weird. But yeah, I know. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's it's getting slightly late and we have a curfew in Holland. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so what time is it? It's eight uh, o'clock. Okay, okay. So, so we can go through the last, the couple last questions. We're still fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions I always ask is who inspires you? Who do you think is an inspirational person? Yeah, it's, it's for me, uh, at the beginning of my photography career, so to say, uh, it was really one photographer named Chris Burkhardt. I think a lot of people maybe know him. Uh, when you search him on Instagram, you, uh, you'll see some pictures maybe you've seen before. And he's, uh, he's really a traveler. Uh, uh, he started with surf photography and his goal was to go to places where people normally won't surf. Yeah. So like in Alaska or uh, Iceland. And Did he make that documentary under the yeah, Northern Lights? Under the Arctic, uh, oh, under Arctic, Arctic sky. sky. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool documentary. Yeah. That's on Netflix, I think. It was at some point. I'm not sure if yeah. it still is, but okay. it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. So he was a big uh, inspiration for me. Um, and also his style of pictures I really liked. He, uh, he really uh, places people in big lands landscapes so okay. there's a small person and then there's a big landscape <laughs> around them i really like that style yeah yeah i don't know why but i think it's just i think yeah puts think things th in perspective yeah i think i feel that way when i'm in nature too yeah you feel really small when you're standing beneath the big mountains or when you're in the ocean and the three meter wave is coming <laughs> towards you you feel really small and i really like that in the picture that feeling yeah so he was a big influence and uh, inspiration. Uh, but nowadays it changes a lot, I think. And also because of Instagram, because you're seeing all of these pictures all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's changing a lot, maybe. There's not just one person standing out uh, for me the whole time. It's every month there's someone else. Someone new. Yeah. So now, uh, uh, for example, I read a book, uh, The Push, from Tommy Caldwell, okay. The Climber. Uh, he climbed uh, the El Capitan, the nose, yeah. and, uh, with uh, Kevin, uh, I don't know his last name. <laughs> <laughs> but in the book, he tells about uh, this project he's working on to climb the nose free. And I think it, it took him maybe seven years to to complete it, just to <laughs> to uh, to train, yeah, to, yeah, uh, to figure find, out, the, figure out yeah. the route and stuff. There's also a movie about it, but the book is more in-depth still. Okay. And... Uh, that inspired me too, like not not to climb a mountain or so, but just more like to be able to to put so many time in something to for one goal. Yeah, that dedication. Yeah, and that focus. dedication and focus and yeah, that motivation. It really inspired yeah. me. Like, wh why am I sitting in my couch right now? <laughs> I have to get up and do something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get out of your couch. Yeah, if you have a comfortable couch, you get a less comfortable couch. Yeah, get rid of your couch. Get you rid of the couch. You don't need a couch. No, in your tiny house, you don't have room for a couch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, last winter we bought a couch. And we, <laughs> yeah, we did. We changed the house a bit because we had a, a corner bench with a, a lot of storage room in it. Okay. But then it was so uncomfortable that we never <laughs> sat on it. And then the half of your house is not used anymore because yeah. you're not sitting on the couch so we thought maybe we have to use this space more and get a comfortable couch and we yeah. did yeah and now you're being cursed this couch it's yeah. too comfortable yeah i know yeah <sighs> okay <laughs> yeah okay and uh, something that i always ask on this podcast is can you recommend two people for me to get in touch with that have uh, that are passionate about whatever they do yeah, well, I was thinking, I don't know if, if he's available or something, but uh, I really like uh, the work of Michael Pelka. Okay. The surf uh, water uh, ocean photographer. He's a really great surf photographer. Yeah, and he's really, 
I think his Instagram is really growing nowadays. Yeah. He's, so his his audience is world right nowadays. Yeah. And he has such a nice style of pictures. It's yeah. really it's really cool. Uh, but he also does it part time. It's not his job. It's just his passion. Oh, really. And he's working in the medical uh, world. I don't oh, know wow. really what he's doing, but so that's interesting. And he's from around here-ish, but he's yeah, like yeah, he's photographing living, in. Yeah, he's in living in Monster. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, shooting a lot of uh, things in, uh, in, in Monster France. too, but also in France and Hawaii. He's been to. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's an interesting person too. Yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe I don't know if he. Uh, if he likes it, but do you know Stuart uh, from the helm? No. He has a, a company called Made Sustained. Okay. And uh, he started it when he was studying. Okay. And uh, he still has it. And uh, he is making all kinds of sustainable goods like water bottles. Uh, oh, really? Things to uh, put your bread in to take it to your work or stuff. Yeah. yeah. All, all, uh, all kinds of... Uh, sustainable yeah products and uh, he's also a surfer kind of oh look at that <laughs> and he is from around <laughs> so I was, I was like well maybe that could be an interesting person and he's a father nowadays okay <laughs> yeah a really good guy yeah no i mean if they're passionate about the stuff and it sounds like he's doing cool things yeah. i'll definitely get in touch yeah cool cool and um, the very last thing that I always ask is a recommendation for the listener. What have you been getting up to besides, I mean, making photos, I yeah. want to say, but <laughs> besides being in quarantine? Well, yeah, now it's not possible anymore. But uh, the thing we're, we were doing weekly, bouldering, yeah. climbing, I really would recommend uh, people to maybe try it sometime when it's possible again. Because it's a really nice combination of uh, figuring out the puzzle and yeah. also uh, exercise and uh, it's also really uh, a, so a social sport you're jetting a lot yeah. uh, between the climbs and stuff and it's also really mindful I think it's everything yeah so uh, it's, a, it's a really nice combination of all of those uh, things and yeah I, I started I think maybe two years ago and yeah I'm still already hooked <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you got me into it. So um, yeah, that's nice. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what I like, because when I I started, I was like, I want to go to the gym. It's getting too dark to surf. I need to do something physical. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, I do this bouldering. It's like, cool. I'll, I'll come with you. And I like, what do you call them? Solo team sports, where yeah. you go with a couple of friends, but you actually it's a solo sport. Yeah. And that means if I'm running 15 minutes late, the team's not waiting for me. And if I'm 15 minutes early, I could just go ahead and do my thing. But it is, with if you're with friends, you can help each other out. Yeah. You can say, like, I'll, I'll do it this way. Or maybe you put your leg there. But also, I like the puzzle aspect. Like, you're trying to do a goal. And it's not like yeah. when you're in your gym and you're like, I want to do 12 reps or whatever. No. And I was like, I want to get to the top of this <laughs> little thing. And uh, I'm going to figure out how. And then your mate might do it quicker than you. And you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. No, I have to, I have to really do yeah. it. And I like that aspect of it. But yeah, also too. sometimes, like some stranger will come up to you and he says like, oh, maybe if you like put your leg like this or you try a different technique. Yeah. And then you maybe get chatting with them. It's a really good sport to meet random people. Yeah, it is. It really is. Because everyone is there for the same reason. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and there's a lot of time between the, the climbs because you're not climbing all the time. Because no, you, yeah. you're fatigued. You, you yeah. need to, to recover. You need to rest in between so there's a lot of time to to talk to people and uh yeah that's that's what i really like about it it's the same with surfing actually it's it's, it's a solo sport but yeah uh, often you're in the water with friends so yeah. skateboarding there's all yeah. those things are sort of like yeah it's more fun with friends but you're doing it by yourself yeah nice i think bouldering is a little bit more social than surfing though. yeah because surfing like you yeah. have to yell to each other and then when a wave comes someone's gone and yeah, and and also <coughs> with surfing when it's getting too crowded, yeah, it can yeah it can, can get be, a little ugly yeah. sometimes. Luckily, where we surf, it's not that big of a deal, but or it can get dangerous. Yeah, dangerous maybe, but not that people will fight you or cut your lease or. Yeah, but we're the biggest people in the city. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. No, um, no, I haven't really 
noticed any uh, aggressive people towards no. me and and where we serve, <laughs> but but we are the locals, so yeah, maybe that, yeah, that helps. Yeah. Okay. Um, for my recommendation would be Skype someone. I mean, we're all in isolation. There's enough people everywhere around the world, and I mean, Skype Skype your grandma, Skype your parents, Skype maybe an old friend that's moved somewhere. Um, Good one. This, I mean, there's people like I Skyped, I mean, I'm calling a Skype, it's a video chat. I video chatted a friend of mine on uh, Facebook chat. And he's like a friend of a friend and a friend's dad. And I was like, oh, how are you doing? And he's like, oh, I heard there's some riots going on. And yeah, it's like, no, I'll just give him a call. And he's like, oh, good to hear from you. And yeah, nice. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. To reconnect with some old friends, maybe. That's yeah. Cool. yeah cool well, thing. not even old friends, just. Random people yeah, that you sort of used people. to know. Yeah. <laughs> See how they're doing. And I think with... I mean, the whole world's in quarantine. And everyone... Like, the whole video calling's just really upped its game. And, and you can pretty much video call anyone. And Yeah. Yeah, why not? Nice. So that... And with that, that's the end of the podcast. Um, this is where I end the podcast. I always ask everyone to donate their hard-earned money to me. Um, at patreon.com slash Jason's podcast. And if you have any feedback and like to recommend a guest or have any questions, you can send them to finding inspiration podcast at gmail.com. And I'll put uh, Roy's stuff in the show notes. So if you want to get into contact with him, maybe donate some money to him, maybe use him for uh, one of your next photo shoots or um, sponsor him to bike around the world and make fantastic <laughs> photos <laughs> nice. then you can get in contact with him that way thanks for listening and i'll see you next week